Welcome to an explanation of the faith as it accompanies Luther's small catechism. The Lord's Prayer, the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Take away our daily bread, namely, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the homes that shelter us, the government that protects us, and we die. Since these things are so important, why do we take them for granted and not express gratitude for them? Read Exodus 16, verses 1 to 21. What was challenging to the Israelites about the way God provided? As Christians, we pray that we might be grateful for everything, however ordinary, that God provides each day for our bodily life. What habits and practices can help me to better recognize how God sustains my life each day? Question 268. What is the focus of this petition? It focuses on recognizing God as the giver of all good things, and giving thanks for all his gifts of creation that sustain our bodily life. In other words, we pray for all the gifts mentioned in the first article of the Creed. Question 269. Why does God provide for the earthly needs of everyone, even apart from our prayer? As our loving Creator, God looks after His entire creation and provides for both Christians and non-Christians, for people and animals. Matthew 5, verse 45. He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Acts 14, verses 16 and 17. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Psalm 104, verse 21. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Question 270. What do we mean by daily bread? Bread is a biblical way of summarizing all that we need to sustain our lives on earth. Isaiah 55 verse 2. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Note, this petition includes everything that belongs to our entire life in the world. Question 271. Why do we specify daily bread in this petition? Daily highlights how every moment and every day of our lives depend on God's provision. Acts 17 verse 28. In him we live and move and have our being. James 4 verse 15. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Psalm 104, verses 27 to 29. 
these all look to you, to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. Question 272. For what, then, do we pray in this petition? We pray that, in humility, a. We would look to God for what we need each day, so that we do not worry about the future. Matthew 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Matthew 6, verse 34. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Note, in Exodus 16, verses 17 through 26, the people of Israel received manna daily, and a double portion the day before the Sabbath. B. We would receive all our physical blessings with thanksgiving. Psalm 106, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Ephesians 5, verses 19 and 20. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 4, verses 4 and 5. Everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. Read Mark 10, verses 46 through 52, about Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus, and Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, about the ten lepers. C. We would find contentment with what we have received. 1 Timothy 6, verse 8. If we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. John 6, verse 12. When they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Read Luke 12, verses 15 through 21, about the parable of the rich fool. Question 273. How does God provide our daily bread? A. He makes the earth fruitful with all that we need. Psalm 104, verse 14. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock, and plants for man to cultivate, so that he may bring forth food from the earth. Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. B. He blesses us with the ability to work, and thus enjoy the fruitfulness of the earth. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 10-12 to Even when we were with you, we would give you this command, If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. C. He blesses us with earthly authorities and structures, a stable government and economy, which provides settings where we can work and receive our daily bread. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. 
First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Question 274. Does God give me daily bread only for my own needs? No. God wants us to share with others in need and to include them in our prayers. 1 Timothy 5 verse 8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Hebrews 13 verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. 1 John 3 verses 17 and 18. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Question 275. If God provides <coughs> if God provides for everyone in these ways, why do some lack daily bread? Famine, scarcity, and need are the result of a fallen creation. Human sins, such as greed, callousness, and laziness, often contribute to these problems. Also, in a sinful world, unjust or incompetent governmental and economic systems may result in or contribute to the lack of daily bread. There is indeed the greatest need to pray for earthly authorities and government. By them, most of all, God preserves for us our daily bread. The Lord's Prayer, the Fifth Petition And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins, or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. People cannot live in peace with one another for long unless they forgive one another. How do both the failure to forgive and the failure to receive forgiveness burden us? Read Matthew 18 verses 21 through 35. Reflect on how richly and fully God has forgiven us and how he wants his forgiveness to change the way we live together with others. As Christians, we pray that for Christ's sake we may know the joy and peace of being forgiven and of forgiving others. Are there people in my life with whom I am not at peace because I have not forgiven them? Question 276. What do we ask for in this petition? We ask that our Father in heaven would graciously forgive our sins for Christ's sake. Psalm 51, verses 1 and 2. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. Luke 18, verse 13. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Question 277. Why do we need to pray for God's forgiveness? A. We sin every day and deserve nothing but God's punishment. Proverbs 28 verse 13. 
Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Psalm 19, verse 12. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Genesis 32, verse 10. I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. B. We pray for God's forgiveness because without it, we cannot pray to God for anything and expect Him graciously to hear and to answer. Isaiah 59, verse 2. Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He does not hear. Proverbs 28, verse 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Ephesians 6, verses 16 to 18. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. C. Forgiveness frees us by giving us peace with God. Psalm 32, verses 1-5 through 5. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Note, if God does not forgive without stopping, we are lost. For where the heart is not in a right relationship with God, or cannot take such confidence, it will not dare to pray any more. Such a confident and joyful heart can spring from nothing else than the certain knowledge of the forgiveness of sin. Question 278. Why is forgiveness important for my own life in Christ? A. My need for God's forgiveness reminds me that I am no better than anyone else. Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Romans 3, verses 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 1 John 1, verses 8 to 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. B. God's forgiveness enables me to forgive others, freeing me from anger and resentment toward them. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Ephesians 4 verse 32 Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. 
Read Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21, about Joseph forgiving his brothers. Matthew 18, verses 23 to 35, about the unforgiving servant. And 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, where Paul says he is the greatest sinner. Note, just as we daily sin much against God, and yet he forgives everything through grace, so we, too, must ever forgive our neighbor who does us injury, violence, and wrong, shows malice toward us, and so on. If, therefore, you do not forgive, then do not think that God forgives you. Question 279. Does our forgiveness from God depend on our ability to forgive others? No. It may appear that Jesus makes our being forgiven dependent upon our forgiving others when he says, Forgive us, as we also have forgiven, in Matthew 6, verse 12. Regarding this, the scripture teaches two complementary truths. First, God has forgiven the sins of the world solely for Christ's sake. Thus, I cannot earn forgiveness by forgiving others. Second, if we stubbornly refuse to forgive others, we reject God's forgiveness for them and for us. Romans 5, verses 2 and verse 10. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Colossians 3 verse 13 Bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Matthew 6, verse 15 But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 18, verse 35 So also my Heavenly Father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Note, the forgiveness you receive is not because of your forgiving. For God forgives freely and without condition out of pure grace, because he has so promised, as the gospel teaches. See the Large Catechism, Part 3, paragraphs 93-98, through 98, for a more complete explanation of how our forgiveness can be a sign of God's greater mercy and forgiveness. Question 280. Does forgiveness mean that I must forgive and forget? Forgiveness does not mean having no memory of past wrongs but we ask our Father in heaven to free us from the anger and resentment that may accompany those memories. We relinquish them into His merciful hands and trust Him for healing over time. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 and 5 Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Let's close this section with prayer. Most merciful Father, our sins make us unworthy to ask anything of you. For the sake of your dear Son, do not condemn us for our sins, but hear our cries for mercy, and forgive us our trespasses. Enlivened by your forgiveness, we too pledge to sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, the Sixth Petition And lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, 
and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. Many gradually drift away from the Christian faith until their faith withers and dies. How might people drift away from Christ without realizing it? Read Mark 4, verses 1-20. through 20. What are the various dangers to faith as mentioned in the parable of the sower? As Christians, we pray that our Father would keep us strong in His word, since our faith is under constant threat. What people or things could lure you away from Jesus? Question 281. What is the focus of this particular petition? It focuses on the constant attempts of our spiritual enemies to lure us away from God, and into the captivity of sin, and ultimately, into unbelief and despair. 1 Peter 5 verses 8 and 9. Be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. James 1 verses 13 and 14. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1-4 But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Read Genesis 3, where the devil tempted Eve to doubt and disobey God. John 13, verse 2, and Matthew 27, verses 4 and 5, where Satan tempted Judas to betray Christ and to despair. Luke 22, verses 54 through 60, about Peter's denial of Jesus. And 2 Samuel 12, verse 9, where David's sinful nature led him to commit adultery and murder. Question 282. What do we ask God to do for us when we pray this petition? We pray that, A. Our faith in and love for Jesus would not grow cold with unbelief. Matthew 24, verses 9-14. through 14. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Mark 9 verse 24 Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. B we would stay alert and on guard against threats to our faith. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Mark 14, verse 38. 
watch and pray, that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. C. Our Father would guard us against all sins that come from Satan, the world, and our sinful flesh. Galatians 5 verses 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Revelations 3 verse 10 Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world, to try those who dwell on the earth. Proverbs 1 verse 10 My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Read Genesis 39 verses 1 through 20, where Joseph withstood the temptation of Potiphar's wife, and Hebrews 6 verses 4 to 6 about the danger of falling away from the faith. Question 283. How does God help us to resist those threats? He provides us with the Word of Christ, the Holy Spirit, baptism, absolution, the Lord's Supper, and the gift of prayer is armor and weapons. Romans 13 verse 14 But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh, to gratify its desires. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Ephesians 6 verses 11 and 17 and 18 Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Read Matthew 4 verses 1 to 11, where Jesus repelled Satan with the word of God, and 2 Corinthians 4 verses 7 to 12, about how God's power can overcome our sins and weaknesses. Note. There is no help or comfort except to run here, take hold of the Lord's Prayer, and speak to God from the heart like this. Dear Father, you have asked me to pray. Don't let me fall because of temptations. Question 284. Does God ever tempt us? God does not tempt us to sin. However, he does at times test our faith in order to bring us closer to himself and strengthen our faith. James 1 verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. John 6 verses 5 and 6 Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. James 1 verses 2 and 3 Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Read Genesis 22 verses 1 through 19 about how the Lord tested Abraham by commanding him to sacrifice Isaac. Judges 2 verse 22, where God tested Israel to see if they would walk in the way of the Lord. And Matthew 15 verses 21 to 28 about how Jesus tested the faith of the Canaanite woman. The Lord's Prayer, the Seventh Petition, 
but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition, in summary, that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, and finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. Every century has been filled with its own evils, diseases, mass killings, tortures, and horrible abuses inflicted upon human beings. What do people identify as the various causes of evil in our world? Read Genesis 3 verses 1 through 19. What does this account of Adam and Eve say about why there is evil in the world? As Christians, we pray that God would rescue us from the evil one both now and forever. What evils do I see in the world for which I need to pray? Lord, deliver us. Question 285. How does the seventh petition relate to the previous petitions? It serves as a summary of the previous six petitions in which we ask our Father in heaven to rescue us from all evil, including the evil one, Satan. Psalm 121, verses 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Question 286. What do we ask God our Father to do for us in this petition? We ask Him to A. Spare us from the many evils of life, such as poverty, sickness, injury, heartache, and miseries. Psalm 20, verses 1 and 2. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. Psalm 59, verse 1. Deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. B. Help us to endure the troubles that befall us and keep us faithful until death. Acts 14, verse 22. Through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Psalm 91, verses 9 and 10. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights. Read Daniel 3 about the three men in the fiery furnace, and Daniel 6 about Daniel in the lion's den. C. Keep us faithful to him, free us from this present evil age, and take us to himself when we die. Galatians 1 verses 4 and 5. Christ gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory for ever and ever. Amen. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 3 But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. 2 Timothy 4 verse 18 The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Revelations 14, verse 13. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Revelation 21, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. 
Read Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30, and verses 38 and 39, a parable about how Satan seeks to work evil in the church. Question 288. Why does Satan concern himself with us? In arrogance, rage, and spite, Satan sought to claim God's good creation as his own kingdom. His goal is to deceive and destroy the human race. To that end, he seduced Adam and Eve, along with all their descendants, into captivity and made them his allies, subject to eternal condemnation in hell. John 8, verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Matthew 4, verses 8 through 10. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to them, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. Read Ezekiel 28, verses 11-19, through 19, which connects God's judgment against the king of Tyre's arrogant claims with Satan's creation as an angel and his arrogant rebellion and sin. See also question 129. Question 289. Where do we find our hope in the battle against Satan? We find our hope and refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ, who frees us from Satan's tyranny by his death and resurrection. Psalm 46, verses 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Colossians 1, verses 11 through 14. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Note, we sing about our gracious Father's power over evil in A Mighty Fortress is Our God, stanza 3. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still, Scowl fierce as he will, he can harm us none. He's judged, the deed is done. One little word can fell him. The Lord's Prayer, the Conclusion For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. What does this mean? This means that I should be certain that these petitions are pleasing to our Father in heaven, and are heard by him. For he himself has commanded us to pray in this way, and has promised to hear us. Amen, amen, means, yes, yes, it shall be so. Question 290. Why did the early church include these words at the end of the Lord's Prayer? These words joyfully confess that our Father is able to do all that we ask in these petitions. First Chronicles 29, verse 11. 
Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. God our Father, A, is the King who bestows every good gift. James 1 verse 17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Psalm 103 verses 2 and 3 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? B. Has the power to grant our petitions. Psalm 33 verse 6 By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. Ephesians 3 verses 20 and 21 To him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. C. Is exalted as the one true God. Psalm 113, verses 4 and 5. The Lord is high above all the nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high? 1 Timothy 1, verse 17. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Question 291. Why do we end the Lord's Prayer with the word Amen? Amen is an Old Testament word that means, so shall it be. It emphasizes that God will hear our prayers, which he has commanded, and answers our prayers, just as he promised. Proverbs 15 verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. Proverbs 15, verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Let's close with prayer. Our Father in heaven, grant us certainty to pray according to your command and in the confidence that you have promised to hear us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This concludes the Lord's Prayer. Thank you for listening to the explanation of our Christian faith as found in Luther's small catechism. Brought to you by St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida. This podcast is from Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation, copyright 1986-2017, copyright 1986 Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission, all rights reserved. Purchase a print copy of Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation. Please contact CPH at 800-325-3040 or visit them at cph.org.